Hello, it's Betsy, and here's the lineup for the Pop and Collars feed in February 2021. Yes, you've made it to the second month of 2021. Good job. Video may have killed the radio star, but it did not kill our topic on this month's Pop and Collars. We pick our most memorable music videos. We've got a new show in the feed this month. It's called The Canon. Listen to us go toe-to-toe as we attempt to draft the ultimate collection of movies from the filmography of Robin Williams. Greg and I are just getting started with the movies of 1990 on Going on 30. This month, we're checking out the winner of the 1991 Oscar for Best Picture, Dances with Wolves. Finally, The Sacred Six continues this month with our deep dive into The Wire. We're exploring the controversy of the port storyline in season two with the episode Bad Dreams. Thanks for listening and keep those collars popped. Hello, this is Chris Arnold, and I was the guest on episode one of Popping Colors. Hello, this is Shana Watson, ordained priest serving at St. James Episcopal Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm John White. I'm the podcast editor at Episcopal Cafe. Hi there. This is Reverend Eric Matoyer from the Episcopal Diocese of California. This is Kyle Goodman, the lead pastor of Alamance Presbyterian Church. Hi, I'm Richard Lindsay, the godfather of Popping Collars. Hello, I am Holly McHale Larson, pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Oakland. Hi there, this is the Reverend Martin Alfred from Grace Memorial Episcopal Church in beautiful Portland, Oregon, and you are listening. And you are listening to. And you are listening to. And you're listening to. You are listening to. And you are listening to. And you're listening to Popping Collars. 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 And this is Popping Collars. Welcome to Popping Collars, the longest running Episcopal podcast in the history of ever. (laughs) And the number one Christmas podcast on Pandora back in December of 2020. (laughs) Wow. Another wonderful thing about 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host. My name is Greg Knight. I'm the director of Children and Youth Ministries at the Church of Bethesda by the Sea in Palm Beach, Florida. With me are my co-hosts. I never start with Liz. So Liz Easton. Hey, Greg. Up. Hey. I'm coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska, where I am the canon to the ordinary for the Diocese of Nebraska. A real improvement to my pandemic life is that my boss, the Bishop of Nebraska, has been bringing his elderly Labrador to the office. So she will kind of come between our office. And it is um, it has been a wonderful addition to my COVID life. And after nine months of no companionship, animal or uh mineral or vegetable. I don't know. <laughs> I have had vegetable and mineral companions, but um, it's just been wonderful. So I, if any of you has a COVID pet in your life, I know you do Betsy. I do. Um, it's been a, a great addition to my pandemic. So I'll say that. That's awesome. It's like having a pet without having to take care of it. Yes, it, it's awesome. And she, you know, she's an elderly, well, I wouldn't say that she's a mature lab. So okay. she's not distracting, you know, she'll just kind of sleep at your feet and um, she likes her belly scratched and it's great. That what happens when we get old. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. That's, that's right. Sounds, sounds fairly accurate. Familiar. <laughs> uh, Ricardo Avila is with us. Ricardo, how are you? Hey, Greg, I am doing pretty well. I am the rector at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California, 
And uh, I would say that my big news is I have just started a 10-week class with Stanford Continuing Studies, and we're reading War and Peace. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's pretty awesome, I got to say. Great professor, 1,200 pages, and I've already read 112. You know, it's, I really am liking it. I got to say, I think Russian lit, maybe even more than Dickens, is my... Oh, uh, oh shut your mouth. Shut oh my mouth. gosh. <laughs> Whoa. No. We, won't, we won't let Dickens know you said that. No, no. So Dostoevsky over Dickens, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Wow. So. Awesome. And uh, Betsy Carmody is with us. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Greg. Here in... The DMV, the district, Maryland and Virginia, trying to keep it together, this general neck of the woods. So we'll see how that goes. But I am the head chaplain at the Episcopal High School here in Alexandria and looking forward to this place not being so quiet as it has been uh, over yeah. this winter break. But I think it was a it was a nice break, got to get away from school and um, lost track of the days, which is the best part of break when you're like, what day of the week is it? I don't know. And you're like, successful break. Who cares? So, <laughs> That's right. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Very good. Well, guys, our topic today is music videos. And I know what you're thinking. I wasn't sure this podcast could get any more Gen X. And then <laughs> you guys pull a stunt like this. We get it. We are what we are. But here's the thing about I'm, music videos. I'm a millennial. I, I just want. I just want. I mean, uh, this feeling very technical. One Intentionally at this moment to say that I'm a millennial. But you, okay. you may continue. All right. Here's the thing about music videos. They're designed to pack as much emotion and feeling as they possibly can into a three to six minute package. They were YouTube before YouTube was a thing. And it's no accident that some of our best filmmakers of the last 20 years, like Sofia Coppola or David Fincher, Spike Jones, Michelle Gondry, um, and more, got their start making music videos. I've long believed that there is a lot of commonality between a good music video and a good sermon. It's about optimizing your time to deliver the best possible message that you can. And just like a good sermon, there's no formula for a great video. You know them when you see them. So we're going to do our thing where we go around the horn and we each pitch a video that speaks to us for whatever reason we can put into words. And we're going to start with spin the wheel. I love it. By the way, the wheel also has like, what should I do this afternoon? Oh, yeah. What should I eat? All this stuff. Anyway, spin the wheel. Spin. Can't hear it. <laughs> I know. But it landed on Betsy. <gasps> so, Betsy, you're first up. Okay. So, when I go first and then I only pick one thing, you all then go like second, third, and fourth, and you pick like six things. So I have one thing. I promise. I am not buying it. So, I'm going with, I have two things. Okay. So, I have a runner up, and then I have the video that, that I, that I really still sticks with me. So, so my runner up is from one of the directors that Greg just mentioned, and that's Spike Jones. And it is the video sabotage by the beastie boys. Mm. So good. So good. Um, so good. And what I like about it is 
What I like about videos is when they were really inside baseball, if you were a fan of the band, things that would have, and I'm not just, you know, talking about what Taylor Swift does, you know, but like Easter eggs inside the, the uh, production, things that you would know if you were really familiar and a big lover of the band. So like the pseudonyms, you know, Nathaniel Hornblower and all these things when they run the credits, but everybody remembers Sabotage. It is this parody of a 1970s cop show shot by Spike Jones with starring the three BC boys. Lots of mustaches. Yeah. Lots of mustaches, <laughs> lots of wigs. Can I tell a quick Beastie Boys story really Please. quick just while we jump Please. in here? This is one of my, I don't know if I've ever told this story publicly before, Ooh. but as I get older, I'm comfortable telling stories that embarrass me. When I was in high school, so I grew up in Seattle. When I was in high school, I had a um, like high school trip for like debate or something in Portland. And we took the train, we took Amtrak between Seattle and Portland. And there was a guy on the train, like in the coach Amtrak train that I was convinced was Mike D from the Beastie Boys convinced and I got all whipped up about it and like told people and everyone was like I, I don't know I mean they didn't know they didn't know and I actually you couldn't search him on a phone and see <laughs> no you only had your memory to go on back then kids and um, <laughs> millennial my butt okay go ahead here's this totally cute guy I mean he, he could have been Mike D I mean I don't know Anyway, I went up to this guy on the train as like this awkward 17 year old. And I was like, I just want you to know I'm a big fan, big fan. And he, I remember this look passing over his face going like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. That's cool. <laughs> I know. I know. And you I'm know. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure to this day, there's a guy out there being like, once I was on the Amtrak and this awkward kid came up to me and said she was a big fan. Good wow. Beastie Boys story. That's it. Is it a Beastie Boys story? Is it not? I don't know. <laughs> that's Your brain that's more of a Liz I don't story. think Mike D would be <laughs> on the Amtrak train. In the He's at least on the, I don't know, it was probably before Acela was a thing. <laughs> right. You know? Wow. He's wow. a man of the people. Good job, Liz. Way Thanks. Brave, courage. courage. <laughs> lots of courage. Crazy, but... All right, so my number one music video is from 2003 and it is by the legendary johnny cash oh and the video for hurt and you could have it all my empire of dirt i will let you down It is so, I have so many emotions watching this video. They film it at the Cash Museum in Nashville. Which was in disrepair. I mean, it was yes. a, it was closed down, yes. dusty. So yeah. there's very much this kind of darkness. And, you know, because Johnny Cash carries that darkness with him. The song is dark and about addiction. And there's this kind of Renaissance painting quality to it with like the bowls of fruit and this kind of like this decay though is setting in and 
And there he is, a man not in good health at the time, who dies months later after this after this music video. His wife is alive. They die within months of one another. It is so moving. And you just get this, like you're looking at this old, this elderly man, and then you're seeing just attractive, fiery person that he is and it's and images of the crucifixion that yes. go throughout it yeah yes and so i found it to be one of the most kind of compelling portraits of an artist so that's that's my that's my number one video and For you several, thought i was going to pick you too but i didn't i i totally agree with you betsy i i when you described it as a renaissance painting yeah it's almost like a work of art Sorry, i used Liz. to post that on facebook on good friday the legacy, you know, the, with the Cash Museum being such a kind of dump at that point, I think it's since been restored. I but think so, yeah. there's this aspect of even even a legacy as big as Johnny Cash's. Is maybe it's a better Ash Wednesday video. It's about du- mm-hmm. you know returning to dust, and oh, mm-hmm. it's such it's so beautiful. I love uh, what you said. I, I totally agree with all of those splicing images of his life throughout his career, and to see him as this kind of Hulk of a guy who's old now and have, and see him so vibrant and young and know that, you know, he was such a part of America and Americana from the fifties to the 2010s. And I especially love how the piano towards the end of the song in the video, it gets very insistent, like, it's just so powerful. If I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself. I would find a way. Point. I mean, it makes you think. I mean, I think it makes you think about your own life and the span of your life, you know? Like, what would my spliced video look like? Yeah, like you were saying, Ricardo, when the piano just starts getting more and more insistent and it cuts to a shot of him as a young man on a train. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of driving train yes. image and the music is driving and it just feels like this force just kind of coming at you. I know that uh, Trent Reznor has said that he considers it Johnny Cash's song now, Hurt. And I don't know this for a fact, but I think that he said, like, I I don't really play that song anymore. You know, Trent Reznor's got a lot of stuff going on, though. Right. So he's got a pretty fair, good catalog just, that he's pulling from. Yes, he just scored uh, Soul, which was a great, you know, um, Pixar movie at the end of last year. And that train element, you know, the, I think we've all heard. You know, I've heard a, an Ezekiel saw the wheel arrangement that that has this kind of rolling, he roll, and it makes the choir start to sound like a train at the end of it. So that idea of train and escape and underground railroad and like, this is all, you know, all these different kinds of things happening that that train imagery actually took me back to a religious choral song. It's a great cool. video. Great. Yeah. I now want to get back into his whole catalog. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh, that one. Good so- pick Betsy. Ah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Right, here we go. I've turned up the volume on the wheel. Let's see if we can get anything through the mic or perfect silence. All right, there it is. There it is. And it only lasts for a moment. (laughs) It's Greg. It's Greg! Peek behind the curtain. This was my idea for the podcast because I love music videos and stuff. But my choice isn't actually technically a music video. I mean, Ah! Greg! (laughs) You put us through all of this. 
you're, I've you're, got a backup just in case. There's there's all those different workplace personas, the 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 obliger, the rule, whatever. You're you're the challenger. You're the challenger. You don't follow the rules. I've got a legit one just in case. Are you guys familiar with the work of Steve McQueen? Not the old actor from the 1960s, but the British filmmaker yes. from this century. Okay. So Steve McQueen put out a series of movies last year. I mean, it's it's almost like a television show, but it's a it's a collection of movies called Small Axe. Um A-X-E. and AXE, correct. And the second movie of the collection uh, was a film called Lover's Rock. All of the movies that are in this collection generally are themed around mistreatment of Jamaican and uh, West uh, Islanders in in Great Britain. But so Lover's Rock is about a house party, really. That's like a reggae house party. Uh, And it starts with a girl sneaking out of her sneaking out of her parents' house and meeting up with a friend and going to this party. And it's it's one of those great ones where they like clear out a living room, you know, DJs and speakers and stuff. So it's like this giant empty room where people get to dance. And um, at one point, the entire song, uh, Silly Games, uh, gets played. Silly Games by Janet Kay. just like all of a sudden everyone is tapped into this song and i mean like all eyes are closed and everybody's into the groove and into the beat and it's well into the party at this point so everything feels really like sweaty and hot and like the walls are like you know sweating because the you know everything's just just very intense and very like intimate at one point, the DJ turns down the music and everybody that's at the party just starts singing mm. acapella, mm. the lyrics of Silly Games. And if, you know, and it's just, it's just this sort of community of people all singing together, all dancing together, all feeling this thing together the reason that I, I want to pick it is because it plays the whole song and it has the images with the songs, but the, 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 what the images convey to me is this longing for freedom, for touch, for community, for being together. Like all of these things that we've been missing over the course of this past year um, with our distance and with our masks and with our, you know, like our, our separation from each other. This is the complete antithesis to that. This is everyone's together and we're 
in it and we're in this song together in that sort of, you know, what six minute stretch of the movie, it's basically a music video. And it, it, uh, like I said, when I, when I did the intro, like, you know, if you can communicate feeling through that six minutes of like song and image, I just, I feel like that's such a powerful combination. And Steve McQueen does it. He, he communicates so much, I think, uh, in that one moment. So that's my pick. It's, uh, it's Silly Games, Janet Kay, Lover's Rock, uh, which was in the Steve McQueen movie, Small Axe. So not technically a music video. I was going to say, it sounds like it could be a music video. I mean, it checks all the boxes. Yeah, it sounds better than music videos I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it also it harkens back to like there were those music videos back in the day. Madonna would usually have a lot of like I'm thinking of like Justify My Love or something where it's just like, ooh, this thing is telling me something. You know, it's it's stirring up feelings in my little 13 year old body. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, whoa. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's honestly like you know, that's rock and roll, and that's music videos. Like it's 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 about sort of you know making you feel things, and a lot of times that's the sex thing. Um, but uh, but you know, it's also about closeness and intimacy, and it's it's just great. And just watching it, sort of long for that kind of uh, freedom that comes with sneaking out and going to a party and getting back into your bed before church the next morning, you know, like that. Um, now I want to go watch that. That sounds awesome. Is it? So when I, whenever I, I've heard, I've heard about the movie and whenever I hear the title, I think of the clash song lovers rock. Mm. And that's not played in the movie. I assume lovers rock. They sound like white people. So you know, yeah, soundtrack is, but they, it does do Kung Fu fighting at one point, but uh, no, no, no clash. What was your runner up? Just don't just, just name it. It's, it's my favorite video of all time is um, uh, ever long of the Foo Fighters. That's a good video. All right. We're going to spin. And this wheel, I think we might, I'm going to reject yeah. the wheel. Yeah. <gasps> Reject the wheel. <laughs> I want a bag back. It does bong bong, but it just bong bonged Ricardo. Oh my hey. god. Let me tell you about my favorite video. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Wow. So I want to say I am not a huge music video person, which is not it's kind of strange because um MTV debuted on my birthday, August 1st. Oh, 1980 mm -hmm. um, yeah. with video killed the radio star, which is your trivial pursuit question. Right. right. Um, and I just was never that into videos and um, didn't have MTV. And I remember like, I was going to say, Oh, I'm going to pick sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Mm. Cause that was so cool and fun. Uh, but I didn't. And then I, I realized that um, I preached on two different videos uh, music videos in my career and I feel like I always bring it up to try to give myself street cred um, <laughs> what you said earlier about music videos being like sermons I really like that I, I hadn't I mean obviously well and there are bad sermons you know <laughs> but um, when a music video is powerful it's evocative I think and the imagery is vivid and it doesn't tell you what to think I think 
you have to bring your own interpretation to it. Um, and it'll, it'll tell a story, but like most great sermons, you know, people will say to you, oh my God, your sermon spoke to me so much because it made me realize that I blah de blah have to do this in my life. And you think that was not in my sermon at all because people take from it what they will, right? And I think some of the best videos do that. My choice is, uh, yes, it's something I preached on and I bring it up every once in a while thinking everyone's going to be impressed. Uh, but it's, uh, it's the song, it's technically called I, it's lowercase I, but maybe known as I Love Myself, and it's by Kendrick Lamar. And I'm someone who writes his sermons kind of on Saturday night, now Sunday mornings, and I'm good with that. You know, the, the congregation knows this. And so there I am late one Saturday night in 2014 in Long Beach thinking, God, what am I going to say? And it's about... um demonic possession, right? It's some demoniac being healed. And lo and behold, I just start watching videos. And this video comes up. And to me, there was an amazingly perfect, evocative little kind of 20 seconds that looked exactly like demonic possession to me. The video is called I. It's by Kendrick Lamar. I don't know a lot about him, um, but I do know that he has been open about his struggle with depression. It's basically him dancing really badly, but kind of funny and a white t-shirt, and a lot of people running around, they're kind of running through the streets, running through fields, and they seem to be going to this dance where they're all dancing. And the lyrics are all about basically how society really oppresses you and makes you feel like you wanna kill yourself. There's a scene of a, a black man being arrested by police officers that he kind of runs by and sees. And there's another scene of a man who's kind of yelling at his wife and pounding the, the, the wall right next to her. And then he and his crowd who are running along, they pass by this window and then the camera zooms into the window and there's a young guy tattooed up with a gun to his head. He was like gonna kind of kill himself and then he sees the people go by. And I think the message, and this is where the whole what you bring to it uh, as a sermon or as a video uh, comes into play. I think the video is about finding ways to survive even in the midst of people hating you, wanting you dead, hating you because you're black and oppressing you. And so, because it's called, I love myself. I'm going to love myself no matter what. He says, I've been struggling with depression. I've been, you know, suffering. And then there are all these scenes of violence and potential violence in a neighborhood of mostly African-Americans in the video. But then they're all dancing in certain parts of the video too. They're dancing together like the lover's rock you were mentioning. Um, in the middle of a field with the LA skyline in the background. And it's like this, we're not going to let this kill us. We are not going to let this kill us. We're going to stick together. We're going to get through this. And it's a super cool video. Like, I think it was, whatever, 48 years old when it came out. And I felt so cool just watching it, <laughs> you know? When I preached about it, there's a scene. I'm telling them, I say to them, in the sermon, like, how does how does your demon express itself? Does it howl at you from a painful past? Does it make you shy around others? Does it laugh at you from a corner of the room and call you a failure? You know, all these things, and I'm going on about what my demons are. 
there's a scene near the end of the video where he sings while hanging sideways out of the backseat window of a car that's careening wildly down an empty boulevard at night. He's got the same white t-shirt on, but he's like leaning out of the car and he's like flailing. He flails his arms, he grabs at his face with his hands, he spits out into the street and eventually half passes out, his eyes rolling into his head as a smile plays across his lips. It looks a lot like someone convulsing from a demon. And these are the words he sings from the window of that car going from suicide, which he talks about, to self-preservation. And I had to kind of clean up the lyrics and, you know, omit a few. So he says, I went to war last night. And he sings it really fast. And the music just gets really intense in that moment. It's just like a drum, like a snare or something. I went to war last night with an automatic weapon. Don't nobody call a medic. I'm going to do it till I get it right. I went to war last night. I've been dealing with depression ever since an adolescent, ducking every other blessing. I can never see the message. I could never take the lead. I could never bob and weave from a negative and letting it annihilate me. And it's evident I'm moving at a meteor speed, finna run into a building, lay my body in the street, keep my money in the ceiling, let my mama know I'm free, give my story to the children and a lesson they can read and the glory to the feeling of the holy unseen. Seen enough, make a mother hummer scream, I love myself. And then he says, I lost my head. I must have misread what the good book said. Oh, woes be me. It's a jungle inside. Give myself again till the well runs dry. I just think that's so powerful. And at the end of that part of the video where he's kind of spitting out those lyrics, almost literally, he does this thing, right? He's lolling out the window and his hands kind of look like this kind of crucifix business. But it's about redemption, I think. And he's not going to give up. And that coupled with all of the spliced in images of the community coming together and dancing through their pain and sorrow is just powerful. I love myself, Kendrick Lamar. That's my pick. Wow. Ricardo, you should always go last. No one should ever follow you. You do such a good job telling stories. That was so moving. When I think about popping collars at its best, I think about moments in pop culture that make you realize something about your spirit or God or faith or perseverance or, you know, reaching out to other people, all of which to me is is about the sacred. And this does it. That's it. Yeah. Pulitzer Prize winner, Kendrick Lamar. That's right. He's a Well, and it's that intricacy. Like when I think about like childish Gambino, you know, and this is America, you know, that sort of like, that was one that was kind of hovering around in my list there's just all these layers, just layers, you know, it's your onion and you just keep peeling and you can find more things and the symbolism and how it all works together. But I agree with you, Ricardo. I think the interpretation is what I love. And it's because it's this interesting element where we're interpreting a song. And I remember when I was like really hot in the music videos, I would hear a new song and I would think, Ooh, I know what this music video could look like. And yeah. I this and I would do this and I would do this because it's like it's what's right. my interpretation of the song. Yeah, know, it is like might... a sermon in that way. It's a yeah. text that yeah. that someone is interpreting. Right. And that they leave it open enough that you can step in and be like, ooh, what's going on there? That's awesome. Nice. Good job, Ricardo. What who's the stupid wheel gonna pick now? Well, you've insulted the wheel enough for one night, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is the, the wheel, wheel going home? Yes, Did the, the wheel, wheel take is... its toys and it's <laughs> the left wheel. the building? The wheel said, if you're going to give me two stars, 
then I'm just going to go on home. Listen, I think the wheel is jealous because I referenced Ezekiel's wheel earlier. And I think the wheel needs to learn how to share the room. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so we're, we're going to pretend like we've just spun the wheel and the wheel has landed on Liz. Oh my God. Thanks wheel. You're the best. So um, I have one, I have one. But as, as Ricardo, well, and I'm here. Is there a but? No, it's just one. Yeah, there is okay. a but. Um, because Betsy, you had a runner up. You all can't like Greg. You had a runner up. The runner up, second place, is um, the video for Garth Brooks's um, "The Thunder Rolls," oh. which this might have. I'm gonna say 90s, right? I mean, it had to have yeah. been sometime in the early 90s. Yeah. And um, it's a story song, and the the released version like the studio version has three verses and it's about a man who um, is gone, you know, and his wife is waiting up for him. And when he comes home, she smells a woman's perfume on him and it's in the middle of a thunderstorm. Well, there's a fourth verse that Garth Brooks will sing live. And in the fourth verse, she kills him. She kills her husband. And so the music video is a very um, vivid, story about domestic violence and in the end of the video she does kill her husband and it was banned from country television people the whole deal where people burned his cds and crazy stuff and he was just um firm throughout that like no this is an important story that needs to be told it affects a lot of women it has affected women in my family and over the course of Garth Brooks's career, he has done that quite a bit. He was one of the only country artists that came out in favor of um, marriage equality and was really respectful of um, gay and lesbian couples. And so anyway, just a little story about Garth Brooks. The cheesiest country music videos are the cheesiest things in the world. Think Reba McIntyre yeah. and Vince Gill, who's my it's boyfriend. People dressed up singing passionately on a stage. Reba McIntyre and my boyfriend Vince Gill dressed up um, and did like an off remade an officer and a gentleman for um, <laughs> the heart don't lie. That's another one of my favorites. Oh, Reba McIntyre, oh. fancy, fancy. Yeah, fancy. That's a great fancy. video. But the one that I really want to talk about is similarly controversial and um, but more um, acclaimed, and one that I think that you all know, which is the 1992 video for Pearl Jam's Jeremy. earlier you said that sometimes you'll hear a song and you remember like you see the video it, you know or you hear of a song and you see the video and that's absolutely um when i hear the song jeremy i see the video for jeremy it was an incredibly powerful video that as i said was controversial and in fact was um had to be some aspects of it had to be cut out in order for it to be shown on mtv um and it's based on the true story of a student a high school student named jeremy wade dell who uh shot and killed himself in front of his english class his high school english class in 1991 
So this was before um, Columbine. Mm -hmm. It was before we had such a tragic appreciation for guns in schools and violence happening um, in schools in that way. And the video tells a story of this boy. And a lot of it is dramatized, very visual retelling of the lyrics. Sometimes it's the boy confronting his parents. Sometimes it's him sort of like raging in the woods. In every case, he he moves, but the people around him are still. And occasionally verses from scripture are flashed across the screen and words that were used to describe him that sort of increase this sense of isolation. And at the very end of the video, he walks into his classroom. He's not wearing a shirt. He throws an apple at the teacher and he stands in front of his class and he shoots himself. And then the last scene that you see are all of his classmates frozen, not moving, um, covered in blood, in his blood. It's very um, violent. It's very tragic. It immediately for me creates a sense of um, compassion for an isolated young person and also of um, sort of imminent tragedy that in, especially if you watch it as a young person, which I think I probably saw it. I was too young to see it when it was released, but I know that I had seen it in like middle school, at least um, knowing that there are kids in your class who have that experience, who are bullied using the, that same language, who are wrestling with really serious issues. You don't want to re-traumatize or traumatize people. And yet it's a story that is true and needs to be told so that's my pick, mm-hmm. Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Powerful video. Yeah, one of my, you know, that album was the year I graduated from high school. I saw them in Chicago in college. It was just like, oh, they're just some great performers and just wanting to make statements. And even, and I think they were also young. It was also then this, oh, well, you're this young band. And like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. is this song that you're doing? as opposed to some of the other stuff that you were doing. And it's the only sort of video that uh, Pearl Jam ever did. Uh, All of their other um, singles that were released as videos, it was just live concert footage. Yeah, or like... They uh, never did a filmed Illustrations. Yeah, it was the last video that they did. And and one of the reasons was, um, I think after that video, someone in the band, I can't remember who, said... It the video was so powerful. They realized that they didn't actually want people associating all each song with a video, which is exactly what Jeremy does for me. Like any other Pearl Jam song, well, obviously they didn't have videos, but you can um, you think of like Better Man, which is really a story song. Like you know exactly right. what's going on, but um, you don't associate it with that video. Right. But um, but with Jeremy, it's like that's all you see when you hear the movie. Yeah, they don't need to do a Garth Brooks, a better man. No, that's <laughs> no, it's the same thing. Yeah, right. Similar that's like, issues, but Eddie yeah, Vedder in his cowboy hat. Yeah, yes. yeah. The, the Thunder Rolls is the country version of Better Man. Yes, there we go. Nice. And Liz, I was going to say I agree. I, I, I was hard. I don't know how to quantify it, but I would imagine that people seeing that video who are in that situation would be helped more than mm-hmm. kind of urged to do the same thing. 
I don't think the video, I think anyone watching that, I would guess, wouldn't be like, he wants me to kill myself. Right. They'd be like, oh, sh- this, this happened to this kid and I'm feeling the same way. And um, it's almost like the, because it was the only one they ever did, it's almost like they were just, they were just too good at it. They're just too good. <laughs> and I'm sorry. We're not, can't go any, no more. It's over. Sorry. You're going to have to watch us jump off of balconies from now on. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's going to be our video. tied around my waist. Right. He did. I'm he climbed up on something in Chicago and jumped off something. Thank you all. Welcome. For your, for your uh, picks. So you can find uh, Popping Collars on the web at poppingcollarspodcast.com. Uh, we're no longer going to promote this podcast on social media of any form. You'll not find an account for Popping Collars on Twitter, Facebook, or any other platform uh, that foments disinformation or evil. These and other uh, more extreme social websites are designed to manipulate people emotionally. Um, they can sow discord amongst friends and family members and I believe that they're directly responsible for the violence and death that we saw play out earlier this year. Um, We are not a giant media conglomerate. We're a handful of friends who record our conversations for fun, and we're grateful for every single one of our listeners. Uh, There's no need for us to market our shows through these websites. Uh, I encourage you, if you can, to get your news from reputable sources. I encourage you to ignore opinion memes and posts that find their way into your social media feed, even if you agree with them. I encourage you to continue to like posts of grandchildren and pets and high school reunions that you find on these sites. Um, But just know that articles about the earth being flat or ridiculous conspiracies about JFK Jr., or racist memes uh, involving Pepe the Frog, or lies about voting machines being manipulated in Georgia. They're not funny jokes or interesting takes. They are initial steps that lead down a horrible path to Holocaust-denying, white supremacy, terrorism, and a host of other dangerous perversions of reason. So if you can, I have deleted my social media accounts. Uh, and if you're not able to do that, just please use them responsibly. We are found, though, on the Episcopal Cafe. We love Episcopal <laughs> Cafe, and you will, too. You can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a show. Uh, and you can find us on EpiscopalCafe.com. We love EpiscopalCafe.com. We know you will as well. Check them out for all your Episcopal news needs and beyond. And with that... That is Popping Collars for this time. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Ricardo. We'll see you next time. And keep those collars popped. Pop, pop, pop. Shall I stop recording, Greg?